Welcome to the 26th, the official podcast of the Mecklenburg County Bar. As an MCB member, we know you deserve every possible benefit for your dollar. Our focus is to provide exclusive insight and resources ranging from business development to member spotlights and everything in between. You serve the public. Now let us serve you right here on the 26th. Welcome back to another episode of The 26. I'm Greg Hicks, Director of Communications for the Mecklenburg County Bar, and I'm here with MCB President Fred DeVore. Fred, how are you doing today? Hey, Greg, great. Thanks for the chance to speak to our members. Of course. So I guess speaking of members, we have gotten a pretty sizable bar over the last few years. you have any thoughts on just how many members we have now? I was astonished. We have about 56, 5,700 members of the Mecklenburg County Bar. And across the state, I just checked this morning, we have 28,000 licensed lawyers approximately in the state of North Carolina. That means that one of every five lawyers in that practice in North Carolina practices in Mecklenburg County. I just think that's remarkable. It also gives us an opportunity, I think, to be a loud voice across the the whole state in terms of uh, legal issues that have to be addressed and so on. Sometimes I think our members don't understand the significance of our bar on a statewide playing field. And I'll just add on to that. I've been at the bar for a little over seven years now. And when I first came to the bar, there was just over 4,000 members. So just in seven years, we've added on almost 2,000 more members. Well, I've been here so long, I think my number begins. I think I have a (laughs) two-digit number on my card. So I've been here a long time. I'll, I'll say one thing, you know, I've been here for seven years. Another thing that's kind of been here for seven years has been the Bar and Foundation Center which if you kind of been following the MCB and the MBF, you'll know that both boards of directors agreed to sell the Barn Foundation Center. Do you have any kind of update on that, Fred? Sure. So we sort of formed a small committee of myself, um, Michael Martinez, the head of the Mecklenburg County Bar Foundation. And you may recall the foundation is the one that actually owns the building with Mecklenburg County Bar are simply tenants uh, here in the building. And together with Shannon Reed and Leah Campbell, we have uh, we inter- went through a process where we interviewed a number of marketing agents. We finally selected a realtor that we're very pleased with, and uh, we have begun aggressively marketing this property for the last several months and have had a number of really interesting contacts. We are exploring all possibilities to try to determine the best path for the bar. I think there's going to be some exciting news coming, but we've been very pleased with the information we've received so far and the interest we've received so far. So I'll continue to try to keep everyone updated on that process. At the same time, I might mention that I think it's very important for the Mecklenburg County Bar to have a physical presence. And so we're looking at some very new and exciting ways perhaps to have a new home for the Mecklenburg County Bar. We don't have information to share with that yet, but hopefully in the in the very near future as the sale of the building becomes more in focus, we'll have some new information about a new location for our Mecklenburg County Bar. And like you just said, the importance of us having a physical location and and for the time being we still do have the same physical location uh, the barn foundation is still open here uh, on zebulon avenue but uh, we do have one update to to i guess our actual mailing address that's right greg on january 21st although the bar center remains where it's located the address changes from 2850 zebulon avenue to 511 yellowstone drive and of course that's in charlotte 28208 and, and you have some information about it being a legacy project talk a little bit about that yeah so this was actually changed as a result of the city of charlotte's legacy Commission. And you may have heard about this. They are undergoing efforts to rename streets and
and I think even some schools in the area to better reflect Charlotte's diverse and cultural heritage. So that's kind of part of those efforts to, to change that. So was it named after the popular Paramount series Yellowstone that was had some other more <laughs> legitimate reason than that is that correct no I I think the name I think the name change doesn't have much to do with that very very popular show which I have yet to watch but I hear good oh things. you're missing out I know Greg the other thing of course it's really exciting change one thing that's been really exciting here at the bar is the new website if our members haven't had a chance to go to mechbar.org I certainly would encourage you to do that because it has now been redesigned it makes it easier to navigate and things like uh, the directory, the membership directory, is so easy to find and so easy to use and very convenient. And I'm very pleased with the hard work the staff did to put together that new website. If you haven't looked at it, please do so. It, it lists all upcoming events like CLE, and opportunities to serve, and fundraisers that the bar has. And um, I'm very pleased with the new look that we have in that regard. And as staff, I think I can speak for all of us, confidently say we love the new color scheme. Not that there's anything wrong with maroon and gold, but I think we are pleased with kind of an update and new logo too and new logos yes the new logos it's just cleaner simpler the website itself like you said it's much easier to navigate even as staff it's easier for us the bar blast the cle blast those have both been redesigned just with ease of use in mind overall the reason i like the new website especially is because of the easy access to the cle programs that we offer I hope that our members realize that with their dues, there are up to six hours of free CLE that's offered as part of your dues. And folks should take advantage of that by checking the Bar Blast every Tuesday that comes out that lists the free CLE programs. In addition to that, we have a number of new programs coming up. One is a program about implicit bias that's being taught by Willie Ratchford. He's the, as I recall, the executive director of the Charlotte Mecklenburg Community Relations Committee. Had a chance to take an implicit bias CLE a number of years ago, and it really opened my eyes to things that I had never really thought about before, and I would encourage all our members to do that. Speaking of the CLE, I just want to put a plug out there for to uh, kudos to Lisa Armanini and Michelle Lee and Sonia Lucas. Even in the midst of a pandemic, they were able to make our CLE program as successful perhaps as it's ever been. I, I don't know how they did that. Uh, it remains a mystery to me, but it is incredibly, has been incredibly successful. And one of the most um, interesting, or ones that I always, one of the most interesting CLEs that I try to attend every year is the annual review, which is coming up on February 3rd and 4th, which allows us to take a look at all of the programs that, uh, all the cases rather, that have been heard and decided in the last year that have our judicial significance, and then get all of our CLEs in one sitting. And it's a great program. The speakers are always excellent, and I would encourage everyone to sign up for that CLE uh, as well. I know another, in addition to annual review coming up, you know, it's a very busy time of the year for CLE, but it's also going to be a very busy time because we have judicial election coming up as well. It is. And one of the purposes of or one of the statutory requirements of a district bar such as the 26th is that when there, there becomes a judicial vacancy at the district court level, the bar has a, a hand in determining who the next district court judges are. And that process has recently changed or been tweaked a little bit, and I wanted to make sure our members knew the process, how it was, and how it's been changed. One thing that hasn't changed is the initial process. So when there's been a vacancy created, as there is now with the appointment of Judge Best and Judge McKnight to the Superior Court bench, we now have two district court vacancies. And the way the statute is designed to work and the way that we operate is that folks will have to submit nominations to be considered for district court judge vacancy. Those nominations are due on January 26th, followed by a bar-wide election on February the 1st. 
the outcome of those elections is then provided to the governor who has an opportunity to either appoint someone that we have suggested through the uh, election process or the governor can appoint someone entirely different. That part has remained the same. What's different is that uh, it, that once the person has been selected by the governor, they are then required to run in the general election even before the vacancy of the person they replaced has expired. For instance, Judge McKnight's term expires this year, so whoever's going to run for that seat will run in the general election this year. Judge Best appointment runs through another two years, but anyone that would replace her would have to run in the upcoming general election and then again in two years. So that's that's quite a change in the process. It's one that I don't think it's gotten a lot of publicity, but I want to make sure that our members are aware of that change, and hopefully folks that have an interest in becoming part of the judiciary will submit their names for application and participate in the bar-wide election. And I'll just also say, if you have any questions about voting or adding your name to the ballot, just to contact our associate director, Shannon Reed, and she's happy to answer any questions that you have about the process. You know, another big thing coming up, actually, very busy time of year, as I said before, is our annual McMillan Fellowship Fund. Usually it's a dinner this year. It's a virtual event because of the pandemic. It is. And two things about that. One, in terms of virtual events, we really hope to get folks back in person. I think that's really important for folks to be able to be here and have the collegiality that exists in these CLEs that we do together. And we're working and striving hard to make that happen, keeping in mind the health constraints that we have. We're going to make wise choices, hopefully, in that regard. One of the highlights of the James B. McMillan Fellowship Fund event is the presentation of the 15th Annual Julius L. Chambers Diversity Champion Award. You may recall in my last presence letter in the Bar newsletter that I spoke about Julius Chambers and his ability to champion civil rights in Mecklenburg County, for which we are all very grateful. Is one of the most revered and respected members of our bar that we've ever had. If you haven't had a chance to learn about Julius Chambers, I would ask you to go back and take a look at my uh, presence letter to learn just a little bit about what a great man he was. And I think, Greg, you now know who the diversity champion is going to be, correct? That's right. So they recently just voted to award Claire Rauscher with this year's Julie Sell Chambers Diversity Champion Award. And I know Claire, she's a wonderful selection, and the work that she's done pro bono and breaking barriers is just remarkable, and I think it's a great selection for her to have won that award. If you know Claire, like you, Fred, or or that you just want to be able to see what this event is all about, feel free. This is, you know, doing it virtually is a very easy way to get an idea of, of what it's like and, and what the James B. McMillan Fellowship is all about. It's a very important cause. And if next year, hopefully, we're in person, I really, really recommend that you come out in person. It's, it's, it's one of our more unique events. It's a really just enjoyable evening. It is. And, of course, we also encourage folks to be thinking about, too, our annual meeting in May. Uh, we don't have the precise location and date and time and haven't figured out whether it's going to be in person or virtual, but we're working towards all those goals. Uh, we, have some, uh, we think we're going to have some very exciting news that really changes the path of the bar going forward. I can't wait to detail those changes, our proposed changes that we have, uh, as soon as we have an opportunity to do so. And so long as it is in person, there will be barbecue. That's most important to me. Yes. That's why I've always attended in the past. In yes. addition to all the bar rules and um, bar elections and so on, of course. But Come for approving meeting minutes. Stay right. for the barbecue. Exactly. It works yeah. for me. 
I, I can't believe, uh, and just Greg, just as an aside, I can't believe as I was researching this that our Mecklenburg County Bar is 110 years old. That's just really remarkable. And we have a very bright future, and that's directly attributable to the outstanding leadership that we've had in the past, as well as the bar staff who, for over these many years, have made this, has grown the bar, its ability to reach out to the community and other lawyers and our own members. I just think that's remarkable, and I salute them for their success as we continue to grow and provide more services, not only to our members, but to to the community as a whole and for our volunteer work and our pro bono work. And um, I'd also say that for those that may be listening to the podcast that have not been actively in the bar, get involved. I challenge you to get involved. I think you'll find your participation to be extremely rewarding, and it's a it's a nice way to pay back for the benefits that you have received from our bar. And, and I'll just add on to that. It's it's really, really simple to get involved. You know, if you don't feel like you want to give the commitment to serve on a committee, I completely understand, but we do have sections that you can join, and there's 12 plus different practice areas. Another great way you can get involved is just really simple. Just take advantage of your member benefits. Like you mentioned earlier, Fred, you know, you have at least six hours of free CLE that's included with your membership every year. You also have member headshots. You can contact me anytime during the year. Just email me ghicks at mechbar.org and we'll set up a time to do your headshots. You know, once the pandemic kind of settles down some, I'll be able to go back out into bar members' firms and take photos at your firm, make it even more convenient for you. Greg, I believe one of the real obligations of our profession is to give back. And reaching out to the community through the Mecklenburg County Bar is a great opportunity that we should make sure that everyone is aware of that opportunity and have an opportunity to participate should they choose to do so. Thankfully, I think a lot of bar members are in agreement with that. And I I think the bar really can help facilitate that. And, And the bar is what you want it to be. So anything else on your mind, Fred? I think that's it, Greg. All right. Well, listen in next month. Fred will be back and hopefully we'll have a committee or section leader as well to give us some more voices from throughout the bar. Thank you for listening to The 26 and we'll talk to you next month. Thanks for listening to this episode of The 26. Head to mechbar.org to hear more from this podcast, suggest future topics and review member resources. 